0: Welcome to the CCUPC Cutting Room Floor, where we try to connect Sunday to the weekday. I'm Pastor James.
1: And I'm Pastor Dina.
0: And this week we're taking a deeper dive into Isaiah 40, God's proclamation of comfort to the people of Judah. Pastor Dina, this is a passage that I normally associate with John the Baptist preparing Mm -hmm. the way for Jesus, of course. Um, But it really isn't just meant for John the Baptist now, is it? How did you connect this passage uh, to Advent preparations this year?
1: well i think I think the way you started off the the sermon with asking, how are we doing with our preparations um is eye opening because the first things that come even even for those of us who know what the season is about and have a right perspective of the place of Jesus in the midst of of advent and Christmas and all that it is, it is still so hard to not get sucked up into the cultural preparations as well and and to forget that preparing our hearts is an important part of of this time and not just not just remembering Jesus or, or proclaiming that Jesus is the reason for the season on our Christmas cards but like truly having a spirit of of seeking God's comfort and, and seeking after this God that Isaiah is is talking about so beautifully, um, it, it, it's hard. If we're honest, it's hard. Even, like I said, even for those of us who are pastors in the church, we know the deal. We know what's supposed to happen. <laughs> um, but But it's busy and it's overwhelming and it's culturally hard to do all those things. And to do them well, and yet when we do, when we do prepare, then our hearts are opened in different ways that um, that we may not even expect or understand or realize. Um, so yeah, so that, I mean, that as as we think about the season of Advent, as we think about preparing and to hear these these words of comfort because i know we've talked you talked in the the sermon and we've talked for several weeks now how these passages that have been assigned to this advent are not happy passages they're not peaceful joyous mm-hmm. passages they are passages reminding us that everything is messed up there's nothing we can do to fix it it there's there's going to be punishment and there's going to be heartbreak. And I mean, how true that was for ancient Israel. And it's also true for us today, whether whether we're in the midst of a, a heartbreak or grief or whether this time of year brings up all those old memories. I love how you talked about how, you know, the things you used to enjoy. Once once pe- certain people are gone, there's, there's not that joy yeah. anymore. And so to hear this promise of comfort in the midst... I think is powerful because it in a, in a world that wants to shove right to holly jolly and, and joy and miracle, we need to have space for the promise of God's comfort in the middle of it. After all, I mean that that's the world that Jesus came into a a world that needed to hear comfort more than anything.
0: Yeah. Uh, That's you got me thinking about parts of my family that uh, grew up. I had a, a couple aunts that on my dad's side that we used to go visit, and, and you know those days are 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 long gone. And, yeah, and uh, you know they, it is really a longing, and it's hard because no one tells you when those days are done. Right. No one says this is going to be the last Christmas that you kind of think of as the golden age of Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard because we do we do latch onto those things. Like I latch onto those things as. Um, and I've had a... You know, I've worked on this... Uh, y- you don't want to lose things. Like, I'm a person who, who yeah. doesn't like to lose things. Um, and I'm... It's almost like I'm afraid to... That I'm going to... I'm going to, to not have those memories anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it becomes difficult because then you latch on to those, those moments and those people. And then when they're gone, you latch on to the memory. Yeah. And... Um, that makes it really hard to actually be a part of Christmas then when when the attachment is not actually to um, Christ himself, but the attachment is actually to all of those things and and you know I'm not knocking family obviously right right um but it's hard because we do put the value on those things. we used to <laughs> um we used to go to my dad's parents' house every mm-hmm. Christmas, and it was in uh, Bessemer, PA, just a <laughs> tiny borough um, where dad grew up, and I actually had the chance to, had a chance to drive back there recently and, and saw saw the house, and I had to actually look twice, because I'm like, is that house really that small? Yeah. Like, I knew it was small growing up, but yet it was still, it was so jam-packed full of 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 memory mm-hmm. that there was no way that that house could be that small. That small. Um, and it was. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but, uh, you know, he grew up in this small town and we'd go there and we did Swedish Christmas on Christmas Eve and, you know, the, it, there were aunts there and uncles there and uh, there was a pool table in the basement and, you know, we'd go over to a, another aunt's house and there would be... I remember her having all four burners and the oven going, oh yeah, like, and I'm going, this is amazing, and she yeah. had cookies upon cookies, yeah, um so even though um I know you grew up um uh, uh, your your family heritage is Italian, yeah, um so mine is not um but Aunt Jean married. Uncle Tony uh-huh. and so she learned to cook Italian food and yeah. so it's just meatballs and sausage yep. and just oh my goodness and and those are really fun memories
1: yeah like, and and I have similar ones my um, my grandfather lived within two square blocks of all his uh, all three of his other brothers and sisters there were four of them all together and wow. so I can remember and as i got a little bit older it wasn't so much on christmas cuz everyone went in a bunch of different directions but the week between christmas and new years we would go back into greenfield and visit and and different cousins would be in and out and you'd hear i'd hear stories about my dad when he was growing up and um I mean, I think, uh, you know, I think of Aunt Nilda and all her cookies and, you know, then we'd go down to Uncle Angelo's house and he always had cream soda and, and, (laughs) and again, they're, you know, they're connected to, to food and to sensory things, but there was such a sense of connection to history and to, to family that then, you know, all those, all those people are gone now yeah, and the cousins have all gone in different directions and, I don't have the same kind of network of cousins as my dad did. And, and there is, there's an element of longing for that, that time. And I think part of it is because I was, I was little and it still felt magical. I mean, it's always fun to hear stories of your parents when they were in high school and, and that kind of thing. Um, But yeah, so, so this sense of, I guess I think too of, of the part in Isaiah where, the The grass withers, but the flowers fade, but the word of God stands forever that, yeah. that in in that's bittersweet because because we know that these memories aren't aren't forever, like at some point, mm. the family house gets sold, or somebody passes away or or even i mean kids grow up and and have to work on Christmas Eve or have significant others where all of a sudden you're you're navigating several families expectations um all those things pass away but but this comfort from god this love this this incarnation this promise that god is with us stands forever and hopefully that that sustains us in the midst of lights that don't work and cookies that burn and you know another teacher gift to buy when you (laughs) thought you were all done and you think oh but also this one so um I think as we think about Advent preparation, this time is such a, it, it's such a mixed bag for me. And I know we had talked before, um, before we started. For me, I think Advent is more stressful and overwhelming than mm-hmm. any other time during the church year because there are so many cultural expectations as well. And I'd actually seen um, a, a Facebook post let me, I, I'll see if I can find it here really quick. But it, it talked about all of the um, all of the expectations on us at Christmas. I found it. It says, I'm just a mom wanting to give her kids the world, but not spoil them. But also make it magical, but also teach them what to actually value during the holidays. But also let them have their childhood, but also not go too crazy. But also make memories, but also do seasonal activities but also not go overboard, but also prioritize family, but also ne- not feel pressured to do everything, all the while being fun and chill and not stressed. And, <laughs> you know, yep. Just that. <laughs> you know, just, just a couple things in there. And so going, going to passages like this lift up that idea of of what really endures is the promise of this season and what really endures is the comfort that God gives as our hearts are broken as we look back and as we're hopeful looking forward and and all of the things in between.
0: Wow, so much in that to to unpack because I, I mean you you're so you're you're squarely in one of the themes that I cut for this mm. week. So I I decided to go the question about preparation, but there is a real question in verses six through eight in this about relying on God versus relying on ourselves and like one of the th- thoughts that i had as you were talking about this is as we were discussing our our childhood memories is that i i'm realizing that i actually more vividly remember um those times in my grandparents house mm. than i ever do about anything faith related yeah like i remember singing silent night mm. um and raising the candle and lowering the candle and so on but I, you know, it is not nearly, the other parts of that service are not nearly as vivid as the, the times in my grandparents' house.
1: Yeah, I would remember, and my parents grew up Catholic, so this was a little more in their wheelhouse. But my mom would look around to find kind of the earliest possible service that was happening. <laughs> so that we still had time to do all the other things that, um, but yeah, I, and I, so I remember being in church. I, as I got older, as I was a teen, my memories are connected that my sister and I started really wanting to go to going to our home church where we knew the people and, and serving as a reader, serve, lighting a candle, um, doing whatever. But, but yeah, there's, it, it's all, it's more than our human brains can hold all the, yeah. all the, the joy and the expectation and the, the, the grief and the excitement of this season um, and and then ag- again to realize that that we really need to lift up those things that are not relying on ourselves but relying on the God that that came to be with us. I had the chance to talk with the youth group a little bit at their Christmas party about you know what what's so important about Christmas and and to try and explain like God loved you enough to come and be here with you. That's incredible don't miss that in the mm-hmm. midst
0: of it so I talked about the, you know preparing <laughs> and the fact that God wants to come into our lives and we can prepare to receive God and it, this is also one of those areas where God is not pushy mm-hmm. and as much as I can say you know in my childhood I don't remember the spiritual as much as the as the the family and the the cookies and the food mm-hmm. and so on and so forth mm-hmm. um cookies. And more cookies, yeah. uh, and then some more cookies. Um, but um, like one of my great memories from the past, from my from my previous pastorate, is actually getting to because we had a an eleven p.m. service, mm. and I am one of those people that on my own early morning is is tough for me, but like particularly in the evening, I would go over a couple hours in advance. Mm. Um, cause I actually do like to do that. Um, and part of what I would do is I sat in the sanctuary, um, with the, um, with the communion or not the communion with the advent wreath lit, mm. um, and, and, and had the opportunity to pray in the sanctuary. I wish people could have been in there yeah. to just experience this wonderful time of divine silence. Yeah. Um, And so I have wonderfully powerful memories of getting to do that. Yeah. Um, And that's probably, other than getting to see my kids, uh, and even getting to see my kids open their presents comes a second to those moments of being in the sanctuary alone in the dark with just the candles breaking the darkness and it really brought home you know the light has shined in the darkness yeah. and the do- darkness has not overcome it
1: yeah and when when we had a blue christmas service here i would take some time during that night and i i set the lights just the way i wanted them and and would light candles and yeah so for me that that moment didn't always necessarily come on christmas eve because of kids and family and all the other things going on and all the other people in and out. But, um, but yeah, there is something about being in the presence of God and hearing, hearing those words echoed in our hearts that, that God has come to bring comfort, that, that, that God's word does stand forever. And, and I think especially knowing that Christmas comes at the tail end of a year and you have a whole new year and, and thinking like, what will next year bring? Like, what will next cr- Christmas be like? Will, was this the last of the golden, mm. um, the golden Christmases for me or for my kids? Or, you know, who who won't be with us next year? What what brought joy this year that's going to hurt um, by next year? And, and vice versa. Um, but in the midst of all that, feeling the, the comfort of God, knowing that, God's word endures through all that, that there is nothing this coming year is gonna bring where God is not present with us, loving us, holding on to us, and and ultimately saving us.
0: That's such a a, a contrary message to what we get then, which is where we have to manufacture Everything. Everything. We have to manufacture the feeling. We have to manufacture Mm -hmm. the food. We have to manufacture the atmosphere. We have to manufacture uh, all the feels. Yeah. Um, And 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 that's not the purpose. I mean, that's that is not the preparation that that we're called to. And it's funny because I think, I think, like if we if if I asked you like, what would the perfectly prepared house for christmas eve look like clean (laughs) (laughs) like do you have an image of what it is um, in your head
1: yeah i mean i can picture my living room it's clean which is not its current or natural state at all
0: amen Um, i hear you
1: um you know it's funny and and i can remember my dad being very particular about christmas lights and wanting certain lights on on the tree like i i feel like i want the tree to look a certain way and I feel like it never does. Like it's tinsel not tinsel or no tinsel. No tinsel because cats.
0: Ah, okay.
1: Um, and no one needs that in their life but at is, Christmas.
0: But is that proper? Like, is that the perfect? Um,
1: uh, we did both when I was growing up. I again, I can never quite get the tinsel. When I've tried tinsel, I can never quite get it to look the way it looks in the movies. Um, <laughs> so we, yeah, I'm I'm comfortable not having tinsel but we have a fake tree pre-lit tree I'm, I'm not a fan but um, other than for the convenience and I really miss the big C9 bulbs like the bulbs that are yes. on the Christmas coloring pages and and stuff and um,
0: they have those in LED now by the way
1: they do yeah and we we do have some Solomon actually put them outside this year um, we we been when we had a real tree we would mix them up and and we'd have the little tiny twinkle lights and the big bulbs and I was happier, um, but still like it was, it was kind of a running joke that my husband would not put the lights on the tree. Cause then I would go in and like redo ah. them. Um, so yeah, I, I can picture, it, there's nothing, there's nothing particular other than to me about what the perfectly decorated house. But looks you have like, a, you have a clear image. Of I it. have a clear image and.
0: All right. What's the perfectly prepared heart look like?
1: I think one at peace. When, uh, you, we, had, we had chatted about get, you know getting ready, and sometimes by the time Christmas actually rolls around, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, um, for which I'd like to petition, I'd like a week between the two. Thank you very much. But um, <laughs> that by the time, because, and, and because we jam so much into a 24-hour period, because it's, it's such a, a race getting up to it, that often by the time, the events actually come around it's like all right i'm done (laughs) i'm out you know i can't wait to put this stuff away i can't wait to have the mess cleaned up and i think i think the perfectly prepared heart is not that i think the perfectly prepared heart rejoices in the good news it rejoices in the family without being too nostalgic for what is no longer around or too hopeful for what you know and how often do we hear oh just wait until there's kids in the pictures then it'll be magical and just wait until they're old enough to open their own presents and you know they're not just eating (laughs) the bows and you know that the perfectly prepared heart can be in the moment reveling in what God is doing right then without without being Distracted by the past or the future or all that, all of the, the trappings of the season that, that can just really rest in, oh my gosh, what did God do? How amazing.
0: I I figured you would have an answer to it. My, my working hypothesis is that like most people have a more crystal clear view of the perfectly prepared house than the perfectly prepared heart. Oh, for sure. And like, wouldn't, I I feel like if we started asking and maybe this should be, this should be like the fun, um, this should be the fun, awkward question for like next Advent or something. But like ask, if we just went up and asked people like, what does the perfectly prepared heart for Christmas look like? Um, I wonder how many people wouldn't even know where to start.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, and part of it is because it's it is harder to articulate. Um, I know sure. you, you know one of one of our elders on uh, during our session meeting though, did kind of get a little bit closer to it, I think, in in saying that they had they had realized what needed to be let go, so that they weren't stressed out and overwhelmed mm-hmm. by the time that it all came around and and I think when we when we can let go of some of those obligations and they really do feel like obligations I think especially if you have kids that you yes. know there's this this sense of again you have to make the magic you have to um, you you know like that that Facebook post you want them to have these you realize how short that window is for golden Christmas memories and so you want to capitalize on it and do it all Um, and so I think realizing where, where we can say, this is the stuff that passes away. Like this is the stuff that doesn't endure. And so, so maybe it doesn't need my energy the way that, that communicating the comfort and goodness of God does in this moment.
0: That would require a lot of deconstructing our current way of going about Christmas. Oh, for sure. And, and. Giving something totally new.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and it's it's funny because I don't know if the the culture around us would be ready for that.
1: I don't think so because because in so many ways Christmas has been separated from the church and and that's not a new last ten year thing. I mean that's probably the last eighty years, but it's become more about the shopping and the baking and the decorating and the lights and the elf on the shelf and the whatever else you know you do you do that that i think to to take those things out we would it, it is more countercultural than i think we even realize
0: so i another working um hypothesis here based on my observations of the past you know 9 or so years Um, And a question, because I don't know if this is true around here, because I wasn't here. Um, But like I've seen, I I saw our town, Rock Island, go through phases where there were some years where there were a ton of lights up. Mm -hmm. And then it's almost like the next year people like, ah, I'm not even going to do it. And then when you drive around and it's so dark, like it, it's really depressing. And then the next year there would be a ton of lights up again. And have, have... Has that cycle gone through here or is that, is that just kind of a weird phenomena that.
1: I think so. I, I know because one of the things we do closer to Christmas um, in my family is we go on a, we just get in the car and drive around our community. Look at the houses, look at the lights. We try and count something every year. One year it was snowman. One year it was Santa. One year it was Rudolph, whatever.
0: Lots of Frosties this year. Yeah. Okay. So L- Frosty. like You drive around here. There are lots of Frosties.
1: Okay. Uh, Costco must have been having a sale yes.
0: you
1: know? <laughs> um, and yeah some years it seems like oh where are all the lights and then other years it's it, it, and I feel like this is a particularly lit up year yes um, I agree and I, I'm I know also the weather has has something well, to do yes, with that too yes, because sure. it's been very mild and very pleasant and not at all terrible to you know be out there
0: no hanging lights and the reason I bring it up I'm talking a lot I feel like I'm talking a lot about superficial things yeah. but I feel like they point to something like mm-hmm. I feel like we we think we can give it up and then even people who aren't Christians or who are just nominally Christian struggle when that the light is lost yeah and I think that's deeper in our souls than. Than we realize, yeah. Um, and so I, I think there is a preparation here that, that it actually does things like particularly lights remind us of, of, the way we want our world to be, and speak into things like this. Um, you know, I know I mentioned the the John passage. You know, the light has come into the world but mm-hmm. the, uh, into the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. And I think it comes into to things like that and and we do want something enduring. Um it's just when we hook it to those material things that that's when we get disappointed over time.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think I mean, as you asked, like what does the perfectly decorated house look like when when that's our goal, then it it, it takes away from everything else. When when the lights outside or whatever, when they're a symbol of the, the joy and the hope and the expectation, then it's something totally different. And and the hard thing is it could look identical, you know, it mm. could, it, but it, it's, I think it has more to do with the way we prepare our hearts and the way we say how great, you know, how great it is we have a tree at all that's lit and points to the evergreen love of Jesus and the light of the world and, and all these memories we have ornaments that are, are, memories that that God has given us and God has has opened us to mm. versus, oh man the lights are not twinkling the way i want them to you know and um and again that's more of an internal thing that that no one would but me would know that i'm real mad about the lights this year or whatever yeah um, yeah this year they're fine i'll just put <laughs> that out there but um yeah it 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 takes so much internal work and I know, you know, as we were reading through this, this passage, you know, it starts right out with comfort, comfort my people. We don't, we don't necessarily want God's comfort in this moment. We want joy. We want power. We want to be Reminded that this is the inbreaking of the kingdom and, you know, come on, Jesus, get it done already this year, especially we only have like six weeks till Lent. So let's, you know, let's, (laughs) let's go. Let's, um, Let's get on with the powerful, mighty things.
0: So it sounds like you're saying that we conflate comfort with triumphalism.
1: Yeah, a little bit. It,
0: yeah. So what? What's the comfort that you see in this passage? Then,
1: I again, I think, I think the enduring nature of God and God's word and. Um, also you had mentioned in the sermon about Hezekiah kind of having the perspective of as long as it's right in my reign, as long as me and my people are fine, then everything's fine. And, um, that, and and that, that is, that is so pervasive through all of our theology, through our Mm -hmm. prayer requests, you know, things like, oh, God was really with me. We narrowly avoided that, that car accident, right? But God is also with the people who were in the car accident. You know, God has really blessed me. I have this giant house, but God is also with the the people experiencing homel- homelessness. God is with me. I have all these wonderful kids and grandkids, but God is also with the the young woman experiencing infertility. Mm. And so to to be reminded that that even you know as i said not knowing the year to come like that even even when things aren't altogether right with me in my house that god's comfort is still available to me because because the word of the lord is the only thing that that stands forever mm. um that everything else will will pass away um the The good and the bad the the wonderful growing up memories, and also the the less great ones um that all of those things none of those things will endure the way the comfort and the love of God will
0: that's a mm.
1: and it takes a whole lot of work to keep that perspective, and yeah, you know uh, that makes it sound way simpler than it is because of course no one wants to struggle no one want we as we were getting ready we talked about verses 10 and 11 where it says this, see the sovereign lord comes with power he rules with a mighty arm his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him yay yes that's the god <laughs> we want and yet power yeah the next verse is he tends his flock like a shepherd he gathers the lamb into his arms he carries them close to his heart he gently leads those who have young, um, more often than we probably care to admit, we want the first image of God and not as much the second one that we want God to powerfully answer our prayers. We want Mm. God's miracles. We want things to to unfold the way we think they should, the way we think an answered prayer is going to look the way we think healing or success or God's leading is going to look.
0: Kind of like the idea, like I don't want to hug. I want this to be fixed.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Because I and that's, you know, that's it's so hard because we we live in that in between time, okay. uh, in between the first and second comings, uh, in between the the fall and the and the the total redemption of things, where we have to deal with the the painful reality of this world. Um, And I think it it begs the question, like, as we come up on a new year, like, not just for Advent, but for the year, like, this passage asks, if if the worst should come to pass in 2024, will we believe that God is still there with us? Mm -hmm. And that's a hard thing to...
1: It is a hard thing. And I think... In some ways, I think it's easier for those who have endured terrible loss and have come out on the other side of it. But but I've seen that go both ways. I mean, I've seen people who have endured tragedy with their faith intact and strengthened, and I've seen places where where tragedy has destroyed faith. Um, and, it, and it does. It comes down to this question that, like Job, you know, do I believe that if everything was taken away, I would still worship God, mm. um, and I think we'd we'd all like to say yes, but but no one us no none of us is you know first on the list to sign up to see if that's going to be true. <laughs> yeah, you exactly,
0: know. exactly. Uh, I like the KJV. Uh, it's it's not fully accurate the way that other translations are, but the one the one verse is though in Job is though he slay me, yet I will trust in him, mm-hmm. um, which is. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a hard thing. And it's, yeah, it's a preparation that, that opens us, that opens us up to God.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I guess too, I think about the man with Jesus who said, I believe help me in my unbelief. I, and sometimes I feel like as we read verses of comfort, as I, as I re- remind myself over and over again, especially in the the worried, anxious moments that, that God will be with me should the worst come to pass. It's almost, it it is, I mean, that's my prayer. Like, I believe that, but oh my gosh, help me in that, in my unbelief, because there is a part of me that may not be sure, that may, you know, that, that does not want heartbreak to come to me or my family and, and worry about how I might endure that. So it's a, It's both ends. You know, I I believe it. I I trust and know and constantly point to the the fact that there is nothing in this life that can separate me from God, even the worst of the things that I can imagine. And yet how scary and overwhelming and faith-shaking the prospect of those things can be.
0: I think of it, um, too, in terms of like a... Like a surgeon, mm-hmm. like w- we trust them to cut us open, yeah, and and to cut out things that are that are that are harming us, and and we forget that the surgeon's knife is still a knife, yeah. Like there's a reason we get put, put under for surgery, because mm-hmm. uh, otherwise it would be excruciating. Um, and I think, do we equate? trust in in christ tr- trust in jesus and in god in the same way that we would trust a surgeon to 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 slice us open to to look at the things that are wrong and to you know to rearrange and to not re- you know yeah. not that not that like oh, the surgeon's decorating and, in there yeah yeah um you know we we i think we we want jesus to be a bit more like a um, a cosmetic surgeon where yeah. it's like if you could take a little off here and a little yeah. off of here if you
1: could do it exactly the way that that I want it to look. Yeah, if yeah. you could,
0: if I could have a six pack and yeah. like, yeah. Um, and so, but it, it, he's more like a heart surgeon who's like, I'm going to have to crack you open from your from your mm-hmm. from your neck to your to your navel, and I'm going to have to to rearrange some things. Uh, I'm going to have to cut out some veins and 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 bypass some things that are just they're they're um, calcified. They're yeah. they're hardened to the point where I can't. They can't even be used to sustain your life anymore.
1: Yeah. And I think too, I mean, and that's a great illustration. Sometimes I think illustrations like that can lead us to believe it it, somewhere in our minds. Well, you know, this tragic thing had to come, had to happen because I was too dependent on it. I was too sinful. I, you know, it was distracting me from God. But I think, you know, as we read about the comfort of God too, Sometimes it's, it's good to be reminded that, you know, her sin has been paid for and she's received from the Lord's hands that double for all her sin. That in itself is not terribly comforting other than what you said about how it was usually 30 times or 50 times or, or whatever. But, but also in that comfort, you hear God's heartbreaking about the state of the world as well, that yeah. that that not every bad thing that happens is to teach us a lesson or to help us depend more on God. That that um, that sometimes bad things are just bad things because we're in the midst of a broken, sinful world, and that breaks heart, God's heart too. But I
0: think you can actually push, like for example, the heart the heart uh, surgery ish the analogy actually farther because the number of people and, uh, that like will have heart problems and they go to their doctor and their doctor's like, yeah, you need a quadruple bypass. And mm-hmm. they're like, wait, what? Yeah. Um, I think of David Letterman years mm-hmm. ago. Um, and if, if, I know this is dating me, but, um, you <laughs> know, right. David Letterman is retired. He was the, the CBS version of Jay Leno. Um, if, who also
1: has been retired it, for like 13 years, uh,
0: gosh. All right. So he was like Jimmy Fallon. Uh, <laughs> there we go. Um, and actually physique kind of like Jimmy Fallon, mm-hmm. very slender. Um, but he had to have bypass surgery cause he was like, apparently I'm fat. <laughs> like, yeah. because whatever was going on, it was not evident on the outside that what was in the inside was actually deadly sick. Yeah. Um, and so I, that's part of the reason why I like that analogy is, and actually we had someone in our family go through, uh, quadruple or quintuple bypass recent uh, in the past year because he, he needed a hip replacement and he couldn't pass the stress test mm-hmm. and we thought he was going to fly through this st- stress yeah. test. And it's that revelation that, oh, something inside of us is actually deadly sick.
1: Yeah. And I, and I would agree with that. I think that? we came at it at two different aspects. Yeah. And, and when... I guess I, I was, I don't like the idea that, and because because I've seen it happen, you know, the idea that there's a one for one correlation. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You no, know, no, no. you were you were too dependent on your relationship with your spouse, and so that's why they oh, had no, to die. Yeah, no, I, and I know that's what not what you were getting at, but yeah. but you're right. I think that even even the things that happen because of the the sinful broken world. We live in do still reveal the places where there was disease and and was hardness and and you know, it, it's not necessarily a cause that that God yeah. isn't yes God isn't like the surgeon taking out the disease so that we would learn to love God more but but God is helping us heal in the midst yes of that and and these tragedies still reveal the ways. The, our our own sin and our own brokenness.
0: Oh, absolutely! I mean, you, you know, in the world, yeah, I absolutely hold to the yeah to a yeah. view that that is not one for one because if that were true, I'm gonna I'm gonna ruffle some feathers here. <laughs> Why is it that we we could lose really great musical artists, but we can't get. Bon Jovi, like, to (laughs) get on a helicopter. (laughs) Sorry.
1: (laughs) All right. (laughs) And you see the
0: unsanctified part of me. There you go. Um, No, but seriously, you know, there isn't a one-for-one. And and people, I remember back when Hurricane Katrina happened, because, of course, Mm -hmm. that was during, uh, you know, people who are like, it's because of... And you go, no! Yeah.
1: It's... No, it's
0: because the world is broken. And... Yeah. Like, that's... No one...
1: And literally thousands of broken decisions have have led to this point where money's yeah. broke and you know and like, I, I mean and the same is true uh, if you read about the Johnstown flood um, it's really kind of fascinating really? yeah that um, this so, is a local Pittsburgh
0: thing by the way
1: yeah and uh, the the Carnegie's the melons you know these big names they would they would leave the city and go to Johnstown
0: oh. because it
1: was outside of the city and and they built a a levee cuz they wanted a, a lake to play on or whatever and then oh. um and then that that levee broke. I'm sure I'm getting some of the um the details mixed up, but that that was kind of the the bottom line. They wanted the rich wanted a playground and <laughs> it ultimately decimated the city. Um so yeah, I mean, it's so The the brokenness of the world caused that, but also a thousand broken decisions caused that on the way there too. There's not, it's not like, oh, the melons were sinful. This is what's going to happen. This family at the bottom of the levee, you know, they're the ones that that God's punishing this time. Right,
0: Or like with uh, Hurricane Katrina, it's like, yeah, we built a city below sea level.
1: Right. How how did we think this was going to turn out? Exactly, <laughs> you
0: know? exactly. But um, no, 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 no. They, yeah, absolutely. Don't hold that to that view. But the the sinful nature of our world just sometimes produces sinful, broken results. Um, yeah,
1: and and then to go back to the scripture where I mean, and obviously again, he's talking about Jerusalem, but she's received double for the Lord's hands. Like, and look at all of the. The things we do in the world—it is amazing that the destruction and devastation is not a hundredfold what, yeah, what it currently is. You know,
0: right? Well, and I mean, history had those moments because I mean, the Cold War, mm-hmm. and even now, as we seem to be entering another nuclear age, because the the I forget whether it was the START treaty or whatever has been revoked in Russia. You know, the the um, mm-hmm. the one that limits nuclear arms, like. We have the possibility of just
1: wiping the whole thing out, yeah, God doesn't yeah.
0: even have to say burn it down. we could do it ourselves, yeah, yeah, um, but uh, but there's so much in this, I mean just quickly, i mean i I cut some some possible themes, verses one and two talking about comfort in pain, mm. I mean that's a you know that that speaks to the heart of god where where just you know. If you've ever been in pain, and someone who has that gift of comfort has entered in and and mm-hmm. and provided that that comfort and reassurance, I mean, that's oh man. Um, you know, we talked to, at length about verses six through eight, talking about uh, reliance on God versus reliance on the self. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one of the themes that I had in there, and that's, I mean, you know, we eternally want to uh, rely on ourselves. I mean, we we just think we can do it, and yeah. Man, we screw it up every, every time. Yeah. Um, Let's see here. Uh, And we discussed a little bit about the theme that I was, I had on, on uh, verses 10 and 11, the mighty tenderness of God, you Mm -hmm. know, putting that juxtaposition together that it's mighty tenderness. Yeah. Um,
1: And we really, much, much like Jerusalem at the time when, when Isaiah was writing and also at the time when Jesus was born, we really... We'd leave that tenderness behind in a minute for the mighty. Yeah, you know that we want. We, as I said before, you know we want God to answer our prayers our way, definitively, miraculously, strongly. We want. We want revenge. We want avenged. We want, you know, the the Israelites. We're we're sick of living in captivity. And come on, God, you promised this,
0: and we think we're right.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, Too
0: often at the time,
1: we see it happening in the Middle East right now. With you know, oh, what a mess! Uh, yeah, um, that,
0: and we don't want tenderness there, right? We want someone to just come in and strong arm,
1: yeah, things and, to and peace, fix it, and, yeah. and not just fix it, but, but again, avenge, avenge the the prisoners, avenge those who have been displaced from their land. Of uh, you know, and, and you can argue that on on both sides, no yeah. matter what country. Um, You're lifting up in the moment. Um, And and so I know we often talk about sticking points that this there's not to me, there is not a huge sticking point in question or confusion. But other than it is hard, it's hard to want the comfort of God. It's hard to want the the tenderness of God that doesn't always win. Um, It's hard to remember that all these things that we are so consumed with will pass away. And, and truly all that we have is dependence on the word of God. And in this season, the word of God made flesh.
0: Yeah. Which actually is, uh, brings me to what would have been my, my last possible direction (laughs) with this, which is the fact that uh, six through eight and nine through 11 actually talk about bearing good news. Mm. Um, And the fact that we're called to, to, you know, announce um you know we're we're supposed to announce the good news from from the from the mountaintops and we're to announce the the transience of humanity Mm -hmm. we're to be messengers we're to be ambassadors yeah um very interesting i'll drop a little tidbit just drop a little bomb and then and then we've we're we're really at the end of our time here but um very interesting In verses um, 9 through 11, the the call to to bear good news, Um, let's see here, Uh, I want to get this up here. You who bring good news to Zion, Um, very, very interestingly, that you is feminine in the Hebrew. It is not masculine.
1: Interesting.
0: It is highly interesting. Um, because the masculine would be used to incorporate both genders, feminine is almost exclusively used in the plural um mm-hmm. to indicate a group of women huh. or or a single woman um but the, so it's very interesting to to see that um it it's a it's a feminine singular noun you who bring huh. good news design
1: there you go. Fun facts.
0: We, yeah. And we could probably spend an entire episode just unpacking what that means. Yeah. Because that, I was like, oh, Yeah. Fascinating. So.
1: Yeah. Whenever there's anomalies like that, you can assume that they're not accidental. Oh, that was you not know, accidental. That, yeah.
0: no, Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. So, uh, you know, so it's this lone female voice proclaiming to Judah, here is your God.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Wow.
0: Yeah. So uh but uh we have this this uh obligation to to not just prepare our hearts but then also to to extend the good news to others and mm-hmm. to call them to do preparation as well. Yeah. Lots of interesting and good stuff.
1: Yeah, for sure. And and fun stuff. And you know, I hope I hope that as we prepare our hearts that, that it that part of it is reflecting on the 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 past that God has given you and the the family Mm. that has formed you and the memories that that bring you joy knowing that those are a gift of God and
0: and will one day be redeemed
1: yeah yeah and that what promise there is I mean I guess you know as I think about heaven and what what redemption must look like and in some ways I think it, it feels like Sitting around my aunt Dew's table, laughing and mm. and eating and sharing fellowship and hearing stories and um, and that sense of connection that I can I can remember and long for, um,
0: and that's why the the relationship part of our mission statement to expand Christ's community through yeah. worship, relationship, and discipleship is actually it's it's not just a modern add in it's it's foundational, yeah um, because. God has created us in a it, it, to be relational beings, yeah, and it makes logical sense that He would then redeem us
1: yeah, and delight in those in those connections and so good, I hope
0: very good word for it.
1: yeah, and so I hope I hope all of our dear listeners do get to delight in their family and their friends and their connections and and the joy and the magic of this season, even while accepting the comfort of God and, and realizing the, the fleeting nature of, of these lives until, until we're in God's near presence, um, how exciting and, and wonderful to think that, that ultimately the darkness isn't going to overcome the light no matter what 2024 brings, no matter what the next 50 years brings that, um, the word of the Lord stands forever.
0: Good word to end on. Good word to end on. Hey, if you found this episode helpful, would you please leave a rating and review and share it with others so that they can discover the hope of Jesus Christ during this time and prepare their own hearts uh, to receive the comfort that comes only through Christ and through the enduring love of God, uh, a love that endures forever and ever. Um, Also, click the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. We're a little bit behind right now, and so anytime we release, then you can get an update as to when... Uh, a new episode comes through we really appreciate it and we hope that this christmas season you will share the hope of jesus christ with someone until next time however we uh i'm pastor james
1: and i'm pastor dina
0: and we hope that this helps you connect sunday to the weekday